What do you do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. Yes. <laughs> Pause. I was thinking, should I say something? Should I say something now? Wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> this is what you are in for today. And if this is your first time listening, oh, just relax. Because <laughs> this is how it is with Tracy and Leslie. Every week we have a theme, and today's theme is violence. And you may be saying, what does violence have to do with saying yes to spirit? And uh, we don't know the answer to that question, but what we do know is that over the next 58 minutes, we'll talk about that, we'll explore that question, and at the end we'll be probably saying, I can't believe that we talked for 58 minutes about violence and saying yes to spirit. Um, But before we go into our new theme, our theme for this week, we usually try to connect the dots with any with our previous show and our previous show focused on work. Mm, and well, I do remember that. Yeah, and we talked about <laughs> we talked about work and I'm laughing because as soon as I said that, Leslie had a look on her face that meant, Oh, I have homework right. I didn't do it. Yes. I'm so transparent. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad poker player. That's so unlike me, really. Usually, Leslie says something like, um, I wish we had a camera because you could see Tracy's expression. (laughs) But today, you would have wanted to see her expression. And what's so sad is I really want to know the answer to my homework that I was supposed to do. So <laughs> did you remember what your homework, yeah, homework was? So for listeners who weren't there. Yes, yes. I was supposed to uh, investigate the master teachers and see how they use the word work or labor in their teachings. So I was going to look at Jesus and Buddha and... Uh, Muhammad, we would consider Muhammad a master teacher. Yes. And uh, and I was even going to look up Ernest Holmes. And so uh, I didn't do any of that. I didn't do any of that. I could have at least looked in the Bible. And perhaps I could demonstrate violence and talk about it. (laughs) No, not really. So do it next week. That's it. Because I really am very interested in that. And I think those of you who listen a lot know that I have an ongoing issue with work. And uh, and I am really now trying to figure out a way to connect it to violence because I, violence just is in a whole category by itself. I am one of those people that will be very interested to see how we connect saying yes to spirit to violence. And that's another reason I love doing this show is, again, I think it's such a wonderful exercise to take a random, secular, or the right word, topic and really connect the dots always back to spirit. And in doing that, how much deeper 
that one little topic that seems pretty superficial and pretty much, oh, I know everything I need to know about violence, I have you know, violence, but really drilling it down, talking about it and connecting it to spirit really creates a whole other understanding of a very easy, easily understood concept, so we think, so I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree, and, and it is true that um, because we believe that there is nothing outside of spirit, there is nothing outside of God, that mm-hmm. any topic we put forward, we could open the dictionary to any, if, if anybody had a <laughs> dictionary anymore. But, okay, just go with me on this. <laughs> so, you know, we could open the dictionary to any page, close our eyes, pick any word, and we should be able to connect it to spirit, either what it has to do with spirit and saying yes to spirit or how saying yes to spirit helps us do or achieve that, whatever that right. word and concept is, um, because everything is within within the boundaries of God. So um, it is sometimes more of a challenge for us than others, but actually I think violence is going to be easy. Awesome. I really do. So any other connections between work and violence, connecting the dots before we um, head into our theme for this week? Not from me, but I am recommitting to my home work. So yes, I'll try to do that next week. <laughs> Great. Then we'll try to remember to follow up. But my guess is if you actually do your homework, you'll be oh. anxious to share. Yes. Okay, so let's take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about violence. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. And our theme this week is violence. So glad you joined us. And um, as we were talking before the break, um, it is a little unusual probably to talk about violence and spirit in the same conversation. (laughs) But I think... You know, the questions that we had at the, on the show page introing the topic, you know, I think are really good questions. Is violence simply the contrast we need to be able to recognize peace? So we can talk a little bit about the concept of contrast and, um, and then specifically violence versus peace. 
And when you say yes to spirit, what's the proper response to violence, war, or terrorism? And um, so I think those are both good places to to start. So let's just start talking about, well, a couple of things. When I say violence, of course the image immediately comes to mind of physical violence, of someone hitting someone or people in war shooting each other or dropping bombs, that that's, you know, violence or someone being murdered in yes. our community, that that's violence. I, but I also <coughs> want to keep in the back of my mind, because I think it's going to be useful as we talk, that there's emotional violence, there's verbal, you know, verbal abuse is a form of violence. Oh, okay. Our violence um, in our interactions with other people don't necessarily have to be um, resulting in death. Okay, there you go. So I just have that kind of going on in the back of my mind. But this idea of contrast, so much of what we experience in the human realm, as a human being, um, we don't, you know, is in that bi, you know, bi, or that sense of duality or that bipolar kind of experience. So, yeah, bipolar, but I won't go there. So the, you know, hate and love, war and peace. We think of opposites, and sometimes we think, well, how would I really know what joy is if I've never experienced pain? So to some degree, that I think that's a, a question. Do we need to have violence exist in our human experience in order for us to know peace? I'm going to say no, because... I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I I just don't uh I don't have a sense that that the only way to learn is through touching the the hot stove myself. I think there's, you know, ways that we can experience certainly now in humanity we have enough history books and enough um, video pictures and, you know, uh, capturing violence that, that we can understand what violence is so that if we can figure out a way to not have violence in our experience now, we would certainly be able to understand what it is if we needed it to, to experience peace or, I just don't, this is such a, you know, this is a very heavy topic to me. And it's funny because I, I find myself in my own belief kind of comfortable saying no and, you know, violence is you know, all-encompassing in, in God, as you said, but I think it's very difficult to to translate in, that into a conversation that is easily heard. It's kind of like the conversation I would have with someone, you know, with thoughts create our uh, experience, which creates our belief, which creates, you know, circumstances of our life. You know, it's easy to say when circumstances in my life are good, circumstances in my life are bad, that conversation is kind of touchy. And mm -hmm. so the idea of having a conversation and saying, you know, violence and the expression that, the expression of war, that that is all encompassed somehow within God or within spirit, I certainly believe that. I think it's outside of God, but I think it's a tricky conversation to have. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Because I'm going to say it now so that you look foolish instead of me, really. I'm so lucky for you. Oh, Yannis. Not foolish for poetry. Uh, yeah, I'm not thinking about, you know, look or sound foolish. I, I, think it's, um, I think it's that paradox that exists in a lot of things. So, yes, in my individual personal experience, I, I agree with you. I don't have to have the personal experience of violence to know peace. I don't have to have, I don't believe I have to have the personal experience of addiction to know or learn balance or moderation. I don't think I have to have, always have the extreme the, or the opposite of any concept or any attribute in order to experience the attribute I want. And at the same time, so it's, for me it's a both and. And at the same time, um, the world we live in is is not simply outpicturing or demonstrating my personal human experience. Right. So when we think about the law of averages and the beliefs that the population of the earth have, let alone right. And the belief that we believe believe the way to get what we want is to kill someone else. Or we believe, you know, that even even motivated by religion sometimes. Right. I believe that I've got to um, go to war to control lands or to control a group of people. And I'm using religion as my motivator. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, you know, we live, I, I believe we live in a world where all of that is at play at the same time. And it's, when I say that it is all happening, everything that is happening is within the circumference of God, that there's nothing outside of God, I don't mean to imply that God thinks war is good or necessary. I believe that God says human beings or has created human beings with free will. And so human beings have created, oh, in order to have X, we need to do Y. Right. Because, you know, God doesn't have that duality. God is just peace, for example, in this conversation. But as a human being or as a race of humanity, Along the way, what's happened is, well, we could have that, but then I want more of that, and you should want it the same way I want it, so I'm going to make you. And that's something I think that comes from humanity, not from God. God saying, well, if that's what you think you need to do, okay. Well, thinking is you're talking about everything being in the, the circumference, the, what was the word you used of God? I think he's outside of God. I think you said that's what you said. Okay, both. Well. No, you said both. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think I'm think having the concept in my head of nothing is outside of God. So anything that's occurring in the, in the human realm is, you know, God is enveloping that or God is surrounding that. Mm-hmm. There's a saying in trust that programs, if you go into tomorrow or you go back into yesterday, 
you go alone because God is only in the here and now. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to put that concept together, the concept that, okay, if I choose to go off and worry or I choose to go back and regret, then I'm sort of separating myself from God because God is energetically and mystically, magically present only here and here and now is, is what that represents to me. And I believe that. I believe that. That I that I can I can shut myself away from God. God still exists. God still is bringing everything within the circle of me. But I can separate myself from God. And I'm wondering to take that concept to violence, to um, yeah, I read uh, an article this week about a mother that uh, is in jail and she put her child in a coma and she glued her child to the wall and she horrible, horrible abuse to this little two-year-old child and um, thinking of violence and her violence towards that small child you know, the natural question of where is God in that? How does God, how does God in the same circle with that? And I guess for me, my understanding is conceptually there's nothing outside of God, but that, her experience, she wasn't experiencing God in those moments. She was, she was choosing something. I think we're at choice, like you said, with free will. I guess I'm thinking out loud that she was making a choice not outside of God, but outside of her own piece of God. Her own little... If every, her, her own alignment. Her own alignment. The goals and those attributes and qualities of God that are inherent in each one of us and available to each one of us and and we each still have a choice about what we use and what we don't use, how we apply right. it and how we don't apply it. And so in that sense, we are, God is fully present as saying you're a human being and you have choice. And so I will affirm whatever choices you make because it doesn't change the essential nature of who, you know, who you I are, who you are. Yeah, right. Um, it's simply a choice that you are making, and if we believe that spirit experiences or God experiences life fully through human experiences and choices, then God has no judgment about that woman in the article and what she did to the child, but as society has come to form, society has said that is wrong and that you should go to jail for that. And it does not represent the 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 attributes of God, which would be love. Right. But then it goes back to that question of do we only know what love is because some people behave in ways that we say, a, that's love. B, that's not love. Well, you said that it's really hard to hear in some ways that God has no judgment on that. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I was just readers. 
<laughs> I might believe that, but I would never say that out loud. <laughs> Talk about that more, Tracy. God I believe in has no judgment. The God I believe in is always love and is only love. So how does that still in the circumference of love then? How does that not get plucked out of that circumference of God? It's uh-huh. not, because there's nothing outside of that. There's nothing outside of God. It's not possible. But that seems contrary. If, it, if everything's inside of God, and God is love, then how does that act of any kind of horrific violence? So from a Christian perspective, God loved man, humanity, so much that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth in him shall not, okay, so we know that. So from a Christian perspective, the best you can be as a sinner because you are going to make choices. You are going to, in experiencing life, in experience humanity life, you are going to, you are going to make choices that are not the same choices that, that quote-unquote, God would make in living the perfection of spirit, the perfection of God. And because God knows that, Jesus was given to die for your sins because you are going to do that. That's part of experiencing life. Sinning is a part of experiencing life, Christian perspective. So from a metaphysical perspective, for me, what happens with that is the human experience is free will and to always be choosing. Am I going to choose to align myself with these characteristics and qualities that I know to be the characteristics and qualities of God in my core essential self? Or am I going to make other choices that are within the big universe, the big circumference, obviously, because I can make that choice, but I'm making the choice. I'm creating our humanity as a, as a um, group, as a society, or as you know, a planet. I've created some um, options about how I behave. How I behave is not who I am. At the core of who I am, I have all the essential qualities and attributes of God. The choices I make about how I behave will reflect that or not. See, I'm, I guess I'm wondering now, because I'm thinking about the little slogan as I go forward or backward, I go alone. So, is it, is my belief more that I'm turning away from that God, I, I, I guess I'm pondering, can I jump out of the circle? Can I go off the island? Can I leave the island for a period of time and then come back? No. No? So she says no. But uh, if, I, if I kill someone, I am still in the circle of light or love or God. Yes, I believe that, let me think. And so, but that action is not light or love or God. So it's just a human kind of phenomenon. It's a human possibility because of free will. Is what I hear myself say now as I think about it. And and I like what you said about judgment. It's very true, but I don't think it's very popular. And I also think, you know, there's no hierarchy of 
No. Sins. You know, saying if I if I really do believe that that you know we tend to as society have a really nice layer of hierarchy of bad things, but in my personal belief, you know, literally whatever might be seen as a smaller thing is. Well, yeah, absolutely. In in all of the things that we have done as a society, and, and not just U.S., so in humanity, in in different countries, it's you know same thing. So there are we label certain things as crimes, and, you know, and there are different fines and different punishments and different times in prison for different crimes that we have created a hierarchy of, you know, one thing is more heinous than others, or one thing is better or worse than others. Um, but that's all us, you know, that's all us keeping our human, human brains busy and creating quote-unquote societies that will work um, because we don't believe from our human brain. We really don't believe that everyone is equal and everyone is good. Right. You know, we believe there must be rules and there must be laws and there must be, you know, things in place to keep everybody in line. And and our our quote unquote religions do a lot. And this is not saying religion is bad. Religions are, you know, one aspect of creating some of educating people and creating some sense of guidance around how to behave and, you know, what's good and what's bad morally, more so than legally. Right. And I don't I think all of that exists in the circumference, but we we get confused about it when we start thinking um, that spirit itself has prescribed all these choices. Spirit itself has prescribed you have choice and you get to decide what you want to choose between. Oh, but you're suggesting Spirit didn't come up with a list of the crimes. Right. Yes. Yes. I agree with you. And I'm wondering if in in the in the violent act that you know, because so many people when I, I always try to ask we always try to ask the question, you know, how does saying yes to spirit affect whatever we're talking about? So how does saying yes to spirit affect violence? And then the natural answer I come to is there's so many wars where people absolutely believe they're saying yes to their God yes. by going to war and killing people. And I don't know any way that one could shake them from that belief because certainly to go out and feel justified in killing someone, you really have to strongly believe that. So, and I, and that belief in and of itself, to me, is so contrary to saying yes to spirit. Any, any answer that I would have to say yes to spirit would never include killing someone. I don't care what they did. I don't care who they are. Me saying yes to spirit, I can't kill. I might kill someone because if someone injures or harms someone that I love or does something to one of my animals. <laughs> I can see myself getting to a state of rage, certainly, and harming someone. But if I'm in a state of saying yes to spirit, there's no scenario that I would harm someone. But I do think it's fascinating that we have actually created 
a religion where saying yes to spirit means go and kill. Yeah, and for I think that was one of the factors that when I was in my late teens and early 20s, that was one of the factors that really drove me away from organized religion for a while, you know, mm -hmm. for a few years, because I was really clear that I believed in God, and I really didn't believe that um, organized religions that were, well, I didn't believe it on the level of simply any organized religion saying we're the only way, we're the only path to God, and we're the, or we're the best way. Um, and then, you know, there was that part of knowing the history of different faith groups, different belief groups that had started wars and that had been in wars for, you know, many, many, many years to um, convert people and, you know, and then had taken over countries and said, you will convert to this religion. And and, and the U.S. Is, is actually an example of that, too, from a you know, Christian perspective of saying to um, American Indians, Native Americans, that you're heathens and you're uncivilized because you have a different religion or a different way of doing things. So it's, you know, it took me a while to find a path that allowed me to really see and believe, you know, that God is love and God is not about saying there's one way or there's the only way and you must go through me in order to, you know, through this person or this deity or this, you know, process and that's the only way. But to this day, we still have people who live their life based on if you don't believe what we believe, right? or if you are doing things that I think are against my religion, then my way of stopping you is to kill you or to create violence and terrorism. But this is the first time for me that asking that question hasn't uh, given an answer that I would say is across the board. I've always kind of considered if we stop and we really think and we ask ourselves, how do I best say yes to spirit in this circumstance, that the the path is pretty clear. If we stop, I think I've always considered just the 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 thing is stopping and asking and considering and taking a moment before I get into action. And this is the first example I've come across where I think people would stop think about it, be really conscious in their thought, and come back with, I need to kill this son of a gun that doesn't, you know, this doesn't believe as I believe, that God, you know, the God that I believe in. And that's very fascinating to me, that someone would really, you know, I would call that mental illness. <laughs> people I call that religion, I would call that mental illness. Well, there are a lot of people who would say all religion is, in order to follow any particular religion, that you have to be mentally ill. I, I never thought of that. I've never even, I mean, I've heard the, the idea of cult and being, you know, by definition, 12-step mm -hmm. programs, any, you know, any uh, grouping of people could probably, by definition, considered a cult. Um, but uh, I never considered and the whole idea of someone really pondering the question, how do you say yes to spirit, 
and then coming up with something that seems completely contrary to how spirit works and how they would even say spirit works. So now I want to interview someone that thinks that way because I'm like, boy, is in the conversation, you know, how how does your God work then? If it's not all loving and all kindness and all good, you know, it would be an interesting, an interesting conversation. And again, we just demonstrate the point that we can take any topic <laughs> and, not, and not just make up stuff to make up right. stuff. But it really, I think a lot of times when people are actively engaged in whatever their religion is or whatever their spiritual beliefs are, that the tendency is to memorize, you know, however that the religion or group has codified what's going on. So it's like you you memorize the Ten Commandments or you memorize certain scriptures or you memorize, um, you know, certain passages from the Torah or, you know, the Book of Bylaw. You, you memorize whatever your path, your practice says. Here is the guidance, you know, based on the principle of God or the word of God. But when you, and then you have these kind of rote pat answers or responses to things, right? I think the real spiritual depth and the spiritual maturity comes when you start saying, how does that apply to every Y or Z that comes up in everyday life? And so how does that apply, you know, to in this case, violence, which on the surface might seem the thing that is so most removed Uh from the idea that God is love. But we live in a world where there is a lot of violence. Mm -hmm. And I still do, I guess I do still consider that uh, the anti-God, you know, the opposite, I guess I do have a, you know, the opposite of God, certainly God, and I don't know where I got this, but somewhere I got that, you know, God turns away. Like, you know, while we're doing something horrible, God turns away. I don't believe, I don't believe that, you know. But uh, but I believe I turn away when I do something horrible. And then I come back and I I uh, had an opportunity to meet a woman in jail at the work that I do in the jail that had killed someone, killed two people. Had gone to jail once for killing someone and then back in jail again, killed again. And uh, I never know why they're in jail at first. If they don't tell us, we don't ask. And um, so I had known her for about four or five months before I knew her crime. She was an older woman. She was like in her 60s, 70s. I don't know. She was much older than I am, much older. You know, I'm 49. But she was in her, you know, I think she was in her late 60s, probably. She was an older woman. And she was, I called her little Buddha. I would call her Little Buddha. I would say, Buddha, what do you think? Because everything that came out of her mind, out of her mouth, was so wise and so patient. And she had a a real way about, you know, calming things down in the pod with the other women. And so when she told me that she had killed someone, and she had an interesting story in her life. She saw her mother kill someone. Mm-hmm. And so, she, you know, there's a lot of mental if you look at the mental side of it, why she did what she did. But she said to me, you know, when I did that, I, her words were, let's see, when, when I was killing that man, 
I wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And I really thought about that, and I think that, that probably encompasses how I think. That if I did something, and I'm certainly capable of doing something, if I did it, it, it wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be God turning away from me. It wouldn't be me necessarily turning away from God. It would be me turning away from me. It would be me just becoming something not outside the circle. Because I think my condition is I want to believe it's outside the circle. It's off the island. It's over there. You know, it's not, it's not here within me. Yeah. But, it, but, it, but it's right here, and it's not me. So it's a good example of, you know, how you always like to say both and. Those things that make me very nervous, both and. So it's a good example of that. She wasn't her, but clearly it was her. Right. So, yeah, I, I, and we do that in, in smaller ways all the time. So, you know, that I wasn't really being me. I wasn't really being true to the best of my essential nature. Right in things as little as something happens and we turn to our friend or call our friend and we gossip about it. I mean, that's, I'm not really being the loving kind. If, if someone has done something and it really affects me, then I can go to that person, have a very frank conversation. We can decide mutually what to do about it and life goes on. Right. But no, you know, it's, it's fun, a lot fun, more fun. fun. <laughs> Sally Sue, did you hear? Right. And did you know that? I that didn't know. what I think about it. That's I need right. to have an opinion. And That's what she said. Right. And what do you know about it? Right. Because you know? she tell you. And then after those conversations, we don't, I mean, during the conversation and after, we don't think anything about it, right? <laughs> but in reality, uh -huh. especially if it escalated because then, Somehow, part of that conversation got shared unintentionally, or right. something came. You know, then you go, well, wait, was that a spirit-based or spirit-guided conversation? No, not really. And it's no different, you know, except that the impact is bigger if you and you do something that is has been labeled illegal right. by society and then you get arrested and you go to jail. It seems like it's so much bigger. But the action really is the same. Yes. And I and I really believe that. And I, and, and it's you know, I always preface this without having two legged like, children and so I have a, had a lot of time in my life to practice my spiritual program. And um and I've made so many conscious choices over long periods of time to practice that kind of stop and ask, stop and ask myself, stop and ask myself, what's my intention? What would, you know, what would Jesus do? What would love do? All these little catchphrases. And so I'm pretty clear now that I'm gossiping around doing something. I get a, yeah, this year, this is a, this was my word. Thank you. I get a feeling in the back of my uh, spine, on the back of my neck and the top of my spine. And but I continue doing them. Don't think that stops me. Yeah. <laughs> and no, it's just, you know, it's noticing. It's like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's just good. And I think I'm right, and so I'm going forward. And, um, and so I wonder if, you know, violence teaches us maybe something in this extreme. You know, does it have to be present? No, I don't think so. But, you know, if someone would look at gossiping and say, okay, 
there is really no hierarchy. It doesn't go up and down. It's a, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a rope side to side. It's a horizontal thing. They are all on the same thing. And could the lesson in violence be, you know, there is, ugh, good heavens, we gossiping. I can't even say this. Me gossiping, I mean, you know, saying bad things about my friends outside of their presence is the same as that woman gluing that child's hands to the wall. No! Yes. Yes. I don't want to say no, but it is. Yes. But yes, yes. And until, this is really the heart of it, until I really fully embrace that and accept that, then, you know, I am better than I said, but you know, I am existing in the same plane as yes, the person doing their child's hands to the wall. That doesn't feel good, Tracy. I don't like this conversation. We're not going to do this kind of thing again. <laughs> Until next week. <laughs> but isn't it interesting how we, when we really drill things down, we tend to, you know, get to the heart of something much more because I've never really been violent, you know. I've never, I wouldn't, at the beginning of the show, she said, have you been violent? I said, have you really? No. So I have a little funny thought that's kind of the same and kind of different. Uh-huh. So mostly we've been talking about violence, human person to human person. And one of the, something you said made the image go through or initiated the image going through my mind that I cannot imagine hitting someone, uh-huh. let alone stabbing them with a knife or shooting them or doing I can't even imagine me, you know, it's hard for me to imagine even if someone were beating me up. I can imagine, like, fighting back in a defensive way, but not like going after them to overpower them and then kill them. However, is it also violence when the little lizard gets in my house and I can't? Yes, it is. is. That lizard has to go, you know, because, right. So it's like, okay, but that's violence, Tracy. Yes, it is. And, you know, it feels like self-defense. You know, Ah. little lizard that's three inches long, yeah. or, you know, we live in Texas and it's hot and crickets or, you know, bugs will get inside the house. And it's really, and I think the reason it came to mind for me is because if it's outside where in my mind it belongs, I don't have any reaction except, okay, there it is, walk around it. <laughs> You know, it's where it is supposed to be. Right, it's where it's supposed to be in the hierarchy of life. But if it's it's inside your house, it has to go. It has to die. Well, as you know from experiencing this, I have to have a friend who believes in catch and release and is not afraid to catch so it can be released, or it has to die. And that's and and even as I am doing that, whether it's a bug or a little gecko or whatever, oh, even as I am goodness, even as I am gecko. making it go, uh-huh. I mean I'm always trying to get it out, like uh-huh. sweep it out, guide it out to the door or something. Uh-huh. But if it's not near a door or you know, it just has to go. So when I'm doing it, I feel violent. I mean, it just hit me. It feels like how it must feel 
you know, on a tiny scale. Really? Like what it must feel like for someone who actually does physical violence or harm to someone. Because I know I'm reacting. Uh-huh. I know I should have a different, not should, because I don't do should too much. I know I wish I could have a different response. I always think this is not peace. You said a little prayer for it, so? Absolutely. Good. That's good. Afterwards. <laughs> After the battle has been won. <laughs> and it's, you know, I'm not, it, it sounds really silly. But in this context of violence, it just makes me think, you know, that either I'm out of control, and then afterwards I go, you know, Tracy, that was really silly, or that was really inappropriate, or you, you know, really need to grow to a different place. You look a fool beating that little two-inch thing with that big broom. Yeah, well, and I don't, you know, and when I'm in that state, I don't care how. Yeah, I know that's what she said. Yeah, that's what But yeah, I'm wearing my head. Like, um, mm. um, and for a very short period of time, like seconds, I'll feel guilty, which is, you know, what you were saying earlier about if you look backwards, you're in resentment, mm-hmm. and if you look forward, you're, you know, in fear or making up a story. And it's like, okay, I really don't like that that is who I am, and I have not yet escalated to another level. And how many people, I mean, you work with women in the jail. You know, I've read lots of stories or seen people profiled on the news who will say, in that moment, it was all I knew to do. Right. Or it was, I felt so threatened that I had to lash out or I had I felt like I had to act in that way. Right. And well even when it's not self defense, just I didn't know anything else that I could do. I mean that's scary. That that can result in violence. And and like we've already said, it's parallel. They're really all the same. And what do we do? So, so the question becomes, what's the proper response to violence? What's the proper response to terrorism? What's the proper response to war? If you are saying yes to spirit and living your life in a way that, dem- that you want to demonstrate that you have said yes and that you are in alignment with God. Well, again, for me, this is the first time that we have to take the caveat that you're in alignment with the God that would never say go to war. You know what I'm Because otherwise people would say, but my God says yes to that. But, but uh, taking that as the exception to it, what would be, ask the question again, what would be What's the, the proper response to war, to terrorism, to violence, if you are saying yes to spirit? But imagine it would be patience or love or, you know, understanding because the, these people are reacting and they are not themselves. They are out of their head. They have lost their mind in some sort of, you know, nurturing, loving, accepting, embracing kind of response. Probably wouldn't be helpful for me to go out and say, 
you have lost your mind, you're mentally ill. That's why I wouldn't be very good. I would not be the only people who are willing to die <laughs> along with the ghetto in your house. <laughs> but I would imagine I would have to have some, you know, and it was, but that sounds kind of judgmental in and of itself that I'm going to, you know, be the very good person and forgive them. Forgive them, Father, so they know what, know what they do. Did someone famous say that? Nothing <laughs> to do with work. Did it? Did it? You just said that, but it didn't use the word work. But I do think that I guess I do believe that that is my reaction. Is I have to just fully understand that these people that are so caught up in that as a reaction, and they believe that it's of God. I have to absolutely believe that they just don't know what they don't know. And I'm much smarter than them. Should I put that part in there? No. But doesn't it sound like that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't it sound like that, though? I, mean, I always think that that sounds so egocentric. Yeah, I know more than that. I know the right thought, you know. So I'm saying the same thing as them, but I'm right, right? So I'm saying the exact same thing as them, and they're just as right as they think that I think I am. So who knows? I mean, in the afterlife, perhaps we'll find on the other side of the veil that God is this violent thing that said, yes, go kill the Israelites or something. I can't imagine, but I guess I have to assume that that's a possibility if I assume all things are possible. All things are possible. Well, yeah, so how would you answer that question? Where, I mean, how would you say I don't know, I the right I, response or the right or the best, the highest response? Yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I think the question came to me because it, there was no easy answer. And I agree with you that um, if, if I'm going to stand in alignment with what I believe to be the qualities or attributes of, of spirit, of God, then my response is going to be one of, of, um, of loving compassion. For... Um, for that person or that group acting in a way of acting based on what they really believe and feel strongly about. My reaction for the people who become the victims of that violence or terrorism would also be one of compassion and love for what they are experiencing, experiencing in their human lifespan. Mm -hmm. The question that comes up for me as I'm thinking about this in real time is, am I called to do something? Am I called to stop the person who is oh. demonstrating violence? Am I called oh. to welcome the person who is the victim into my home oh. or to provide, you know, food, shelter, clothing for them. It's like, is that, what am I called to physically oh. do? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So, and I think one of the reasons, and that makes me think that one of the reasons that our charities and our, our nonprofits uh, get so much support is often because we want to do something that bigger than what one individual can do. So if after an act of terrorism or an act of war, now not talking about 
weather and related things like that, natural, quote unquote natural disasters. But in this case, focusing on, you know, someone is killed in a car accident, they were hit by a drunk driver. That's violence. Right. That's, that's violence, unnecessary, unneeded violence. And so we want to reach out and do something for that family, right? We want to make sure that the children of, in that family have college funds. And we want to make sure that, that the remaining members of the family have food for the next 30 days. We want, you know, we go into action. Um, and so, yeah, what, I, I think maybe that's how we counter the violence, that we don't put our, ourselves at risk one-on-one, -on -one, but we go into group action. Oh, actually, right. We go into, as an individual, we choose how can we align with other people who want to help, who want to do something that demonstrates the, the attributes of God. And in our society in the U.S., that means often nonprofits or you know, emergency funds, things that lots of individuals can then combine forces to create a response. Are you smart enough to know about the something here in Dallas that I don't know anything other than the name of, Season for Nonviolence? We have lots of that, that up in the Center for Spiritual Living, that time frame, another 64 days or something, and I don't know if mm -hmm. that's a international initiative or is it a local initiative or do you know anything to speak of that? I think it's coming up, isn't it, starting? No, well, season, SPAM, season for peace and nonviolence, um, was started by a, a collaboration between many new thought groups. Okay. And, um, and we do participate in it. We coordinate the efforts for all of Dallas out of the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. Um, but it involves people from many different groups, many different organizations. And the season goes from Martin Luther King's birthday through Gandhi's birthday. So from mid-January through the first week of April. Okay, so it's the fallout. Okay. And, um, but there are a lot of, there are some activities that, you know, continue throughout the year are organizations that support or get involved with the Seasons for Peace and Nonviolence that have events and things throughout the the year. But I yeah, I think that's, that's an example a, of what you were saying. Of, yeah. um, consistent, repeated consciousness around nonviolence. Right. Um, which actually might end up being a whole nother topic on, we've talked about violence. <laughs> Maybe we should have a show on nonviolence because we could talk about Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Cesar Chavez yeah. and people who have um, really taught and invested and given their lives to say that nonviolence is the way to walk as a demonstration of God. And that is such an easier way to talk about saying yes to spirit, isn't it? But see what I love about us is, by golly, we can say violence too. We can make up an hour with violence as well. Because it is, uh, it is easy to talk about the things that it's easy about. And I always learn many things from all of the shows. But I learn most things when we get into a sticky topic like violence. Yeah, or one that's just not an obvious, an obvious thing to, to make the link between. 
So um, our time is running low. How about if we take a little break and then come back and finish out? Very good. Great. So hang in there and we'll be right back. Welcome back. I can't tell if that music uh, played or not. Having a little bit of t technical challenges as I try to run the switchboard. Tracy has had to leave, so that uh, kind of rhymes up today's show on violence, which again I really think is an interesting uh, challenge for that listens to this. To um, think about taking different topics and really uh, looking at how saying yes to spirit, how connecting to our understanding of God uh, allows us to take everyday concepts that we somehow think we have an understanding of and really take a deeper look. Um, certainly I had never considered the that uh, someone would answer saying yes to spirit by actually doing something violent and going into war. So that's something I learned out of today. So thank you for listening. We encourage you to uh, listen to other archived sites, uh, archived sessions. What do you call it? Archived shows. That's the word I'm searching for, shows. And whatever you do, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, always encourage you to make an effort, make a con conscious choice to say yes to spirit. Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.